You've probably heard me talk about my dog, Jackson. He's my baby boy. And as he's gotten older, he's gotten really finicky about eating. He used to get so excited about food, he'd literally spin. Well, not anymore. In fact, I often have to spoon feed him to get him to eat. Well, no more. Not since we started feeding him fresh food made with whole ingredients, backed by veterinary science. It's Nom Nom. Now, I actually tried making food for him myself. I'd cook up big batches of chicken or beef with vegetables and rice or potatoes. But without knowing what I was doing, he wasn't getting the vitamins and minerals he needed and certainly not in the correct balance. That's all changed now with Nom Nom. Go to trynom.com, T-R-Y-N-O-M.com slash Nicole. They'll ask you some questions about your pup and tailor a specific amount of individually packaged Nom Nom meals and send them to you. By using my special URL, trynom.com slash Nicole, you'll get 50% off of your first order, plus free shipping, and it's a great way to help support this show too. Again, that's trynom.com slash Nicole. plus Nom Nom comes with a money-back guarantee. If your dog's tail isn't wagging within 30 days, Nom Nom will refund your first order. No fillers, no nonsense, just Nom Nom. The following program contains graphic material, including offensive language. Viewer discretion is advised. Boot computer, list of today's guests, signing in chat room, lining up news articles, checking levels, adjusting camera, secure wire connection, restart again, with all she's got to do, you'd think Nicole Sandler was a one-woman band. Well, she is, and she's ready for another show. And now, here's the Nicole Sandler Show on NicoleSandler.com.
shortly throwing in All Russians know what comes when the people cry revolution In the USA, oh, they are no more Republicans Down in Texas, they try to serve their very own attorney general It's the time to go, who can go? They ran like he's fleeing the corral All the Fox News Russian fans yell Hey, oh, hey, it's all a mistake, oh Run like a drunk Russian Run like a drunk Russian Once again, the Parody Project, with a little help from the Freedom Toast, sure. walk walk like a drunk <laughs> Russian. Uh, you know, and I, I, I actually wanted to play a parody of a Burt Bacharach song for good reason. But then I came across this map today. This, uh, if you're watching on a video stream, is the map that Russia is now putting out. Is it? It is in school. It is in stores and soon to be in schools, and yes, it's in Russian, so I can't exactly translate the city names for you, but it appears that they have Ukraine now identified as Russia. This is just so wrong, just saying. Um, Anyway, hi, welcome to Friday Eve. Yeah, it's Thursday. It's just Friday Eve makes us feel a little better. Um, I'm just still kind of you know, loopy from this week. Still a little sleep deprived and all that. And I'll tell you, you know, when I said I wanted to play a um, a parody of a Burt Backrack song, uh, Burt Backrack died today. This he provided the soundtrack to my childhood and beyond. I actually got to meet him once, and I'll, I'll tell you about it after. This may be may get me copyrighted but i don't think it will we'll take a chance because burt backrack why do birds suddenly appear every time you are near just like me they long to be close to you Raindrops have fallen on my head And just like the guy whose feet are too big for his bed Nothing seems to fit Those raindrops are falling on my head They keep falling Do you know the way to San Jose? I've been away so long I may go wrong and lose my way Do you know the way to San Jose? I'm going back to find some peace of mind in San Jose. In private, cause each time I see you, I break down and cry. You walk on by. Stop. You walk on by. Stop. You walk on by.
Backrock, the greatest songwriter of all time. Again, with Hal David on most of these songs, but wow. And I could have kept that mix going for probably an hour. I was limiting myself because, you know, I, I, I don't want to get copyright violated, but we could have gone on and on and on. The songs, look, I, I was born in, 19, in November of 1959. So my childhood was really the 60s. And that's when Burt Bacharach was everywhere. And those songs, just the, the memories come flooding, right? I got to meet him once when um, Burt Bacharach started collaborating with Elvis Costello. I was I was working at a radio station in Los Angeles, KSCA. And Elvis Costello... Um, you know, and Burt Backrack formed this partnership. Well, it was a little bit after that, that Elvis Costello and Steve Naive, the keyboardist for uh, the attractions and the imposters, both uh, went on a little tour together. It's just the two of them, Elvis Costello with guitar and vocals and Steve Naive on piano. And they did five cities. Los Angeles was one. And we got to present them at the Troubadour. They put out a, a like an EP of each show. And so I went on stage and introduced Elvis Costello and Steve Naive, one of the high points of my career. And then the Troubadour's green room, sort of the backstage area, it was green room, was off to the stage right and then a flight of stairs up. And there's a room that overlooked the whole, the stage and and the the room, the Troubadours, a really small little club in L.A. on Santa Monica Boulevard. Um, so I, I introduce Elvis Costello and Steve Naive, and I go up the stairs because I'm going to watch from up there. And there's Burt Bacharach. And I'm just like, bah, 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 bah. and I, I go up to him and I introduce him myself. And I'm like, hi, uh, I just got to say thank you because I grew up with your music and I love your music and it's it meant the world to me and thank you i'm nicole i i i um, i'm the music director i do middays on ksca and he said i know who you are i listen to you every day i love your station oh my god i could have died right there um but so that was the one and only time i ever met burt backrack i did not get a picture with him i wish i had um i wish i had asked him to come into the station and do an interview because he really was everywhere. And it, this is a big loss. He was 94 years old. So, you know, Burt Bacharach, um, wow. We, uh, like I said, we're losing him. And, and all we can do is celebrate 
what they left behind. And thankfully, they left us with music, and the music lives on forever. So, yes, he was a class act. And I love that he and Elvis Costello actually did a bunch of stuff together. So, yeah, how could you not? And I'll tell you something. His songs remind me of my mother because I'm that age, because I was a little kid in the 60s. And my parents weren't big into music, but, of course, it was Burt Backrack, those songs. And we could keep going. I mean, Dusty Springfield did his songs, mostly Dionne Warwick. Um, I can imagine she'll have a few things uh, to say at some point today. Ah, Burt Backrack. Thank you. Thank you for, for the music. Thank you for the memories. All right. We have um, a lot to talk about today. So yesterday, we mostly focused on the, um, you know, a little bit on the State of the Union, a lot on Bruce Springsteen. Sorry, I, I can't help myself. Uh, and, you know, I didn't get to the hearing that happened yesterday. It was the first hearing of the House Oversight Committee now under Republican control. Um, And the hearing was they had former Twitter executives as the witnesses. And I thought, okay, so they're going to do, they're going to do, you know, Twitter. They're going to investigate everything, all the accusations that are flying from both sides. Um, I'm not saying that it's a both sides thing, but accusations are flying from both sides. Um, but no, it, what, th- th- this was not about Twitter at all. This hearing was into, was the first of probably what will be many hearings dealing with, brace yourselves, Hunter Biden. Now, bear with me a second here. Hunter Biden, the youngest son of the president, um, has never been part of the campaign, has never worked in the White House in any capacity, is not part of the administration, is not involved in his father's work at all. Now, does, did he, you know, have drug problems? Yeah, that's pretty well documented. Does that uh, warrant a, a, a congressional investigation? No. Um he he apparently allegedly you know profited off his father's name is that right no did he do it with joe biden's approval i don't think so i have no reason to believe so but the republicans have been screaming for a a, a year or two now i guess about this laptop hunter biden's laptop i got to tell you i got a new laptop uh, last year, because I need it for this other project that I'm starting to work on that I'll tell you about soon enough. Um, and this for our move so I can do shows from on the road. I needed a good laptop. And you know how you have to name your computer? <laughs> um, you know, so when you're on the network, you, and I've got three computers, so, you know, I they all need to be named. Like my main computer is the master computer, not very creative. My second one is the OG Monster, because this is a monster computer. It's powerful. It's the original. And then the new laptop is called um, Hunter Biden's Lap, because that's as many letters as I could fit. So the new laptop is Hunter Biden's, in case you were wondering. Anyway, yes, Thomas Garrett in the chat room says, how about the Trump kids? Well, if ever there should have been an investigation into 
nepotism and uh, a president's offspring prop, uh, uh, profiting off of the father's name and work and office, look no further than the Trump spawn. But you see, the Democrats weren't vindictive like that, though they should have been. The Trump kids definitely um, were guilty of profiting uh, from their father's work in the White House on so many levels. And But this is not going to be about that. Maybe we'll do that another day. But Hunter Biden, did he, you know, there was this company, Burisma, that we learned about in Ukraine only because of Donald Trump's perfect phone call with Volodymyr Zelensky, where he wanted uh, Zelensky to implicate the Bidens, to say that there was an official investigation going on in Ukraine into Biden and his son, Hunter, and their dealings with Burisma. And Trump wanted him to do that, to say that publicly, to cast dispersions on Biden and his campaign. This is obviously during the campaign. Um, in order to, you know, win the election. And all Zelensky wanted in return was defense weapons because he knew that Russia was going to come attack eventually as before Putin actually did. And, and, and Zelensky wouldn't do that. He didn't even get his meeting in the white house that he wanted because he wouldn't lie for Trump and, and say, Oh, we're investigating Burisma and their involvement with Hunter Biden. Um, so this, so, so I guess, so, so at some point in the last couple of years, I didn't pay much attention to the Hunter Biden laptop story because there's no there, there. It's all bullshit. It's just all bullshit. Yes, Bob White said the Russian map showing Ukraine is Russia is like McCarthy taking over Pelosi's office before becoming speaker. Yeah, except McCarthy did become speaker. Russia will not take over all of this territory that is Ukraine, yet they're putting it on a map now. Are you kidding me? Anyway, I digress. So, um, so the new, when, the, when the Hunter Biden laptop story broke, it was published in the New York Post, not exactly a bastion of news credibility, right? It's, it's the New York fucking Post. It's a rag. It's New York's Rupert. It's, it's the, it is legitimately the, the newspaper equivalent of Fox Not News. It's, it's the Murdoch's newspaper in New York City. It's, it's Fox Not News in print. They make shit up. And you've heard this before, right? You know what this, what the, the, the News Corp is. Your original source for fake news. Fox News. We make shit up. So, look, the whole story about the laptop is sketchy at best. There is no chain of command. There's no provenance. There's no, you don't, you, you don't know the ownership. Now, is there some of Hunter Biden's personal stuff on that hard drive? Yeah. What we've learned is there are pictures of him smoking crack and showing his dick. It's the Hunter Biden dick pics, and this is all the fucking Republicans care about. 
They want to see Hunter's dick. Well, you know what? The place to deal with that is not in Congress. And this, that doesn't warrant this. But that's what these idiots in um, uh, today's ho- Republican House caucus are, are wasting their time on. And our dollars, by the way, too. So, um, yeah, I did pull a bunch of the... Um, of audio from it. And you know what? I deal with it a lot in today's What's News, which I'll play at the very end of the show. So let me share with you maybe a couple of clips that I don't have in What's News to be, um, you know, uh, to be, uh, uh, you know, to be uh, conservative with our time. It's the only way I'm conservative. Uh, But um, I, I'm trying to figure out where to even begin. I've got so much. You know what? This is actually in what's news, but it's, it bears repeating anyway. Because uh, as always, Katie Porter explains the the massive waste of time and energy in this so-called hearing. So ca- tell us, Katie Porter, what's going on here? Over 24 seconds. I'll give Miss Porter 24 extra seconds. Yeah. Well, I appreciate your indulgence, Chairman Comer, but I won't, I won't need it. So today's hearing gaveled in at 10 a.m. She's all the way over to the left, as is appropriate. For nearly six hours. Power outage. We have been going back and forth mm-hmm. about this supposed suppression of a single news story from a single outlet mm-hmm. for a single day. Wow. That's this, all this hearing was. has been, in its length, nearly one quarter of the amount of time that Twitter users could not share the link. We are spending almost as much time screaming about this mm-hmm. as we are this was ever a problem. Right. Look, criminal activity is always a concern, but if... If, if there is criminal wrongdoing yeah. on Hunter Biden's laptop, yeah. that is a matter for the FBI and our law enforcement. Hello. Agency. Today's hearing is merely an ex- exercise in misinformation and disinformation, a free-for-all hellscape. Yep, free-for-all hellscape. What now CEO Elon Musk said Twitter would become if the platform became a place where anyone could say anything (laughs) with no consequences. Ba-boom. It is unbelievable to me that I am quoting Elon Musk. But that is how ridiculous this hearing has become. Yeah, it is. Oversight committee, like Twitter, or any other social media company for that matter, cannot become a (laughs) free-for-all hellscape where anything goes. A free With for that, all. Mr. Chairman, hellscape. I yield back. Uh, Katie Porter just the lady rocks. Yields back. She rocks. So, a free for all hellscape where anything goes. That is the House Oversight Committee today. Well, yesterday, actually. Now, while many of them, you know, they went back and forth on Twitter, the Democrats actually grilled the Twitter ex- former executives about things that matter. The Republicans, though, well, Listen to let's let's hear Marge Q Green Q for you know crazy Marge 
Well, she, you know, she, she didn't seem to have a problem. She wasn't asking questions about Hunter Biden's laptop, which was what this hearing ostensibly was about. But she had a personal beef with these Twitter people. You know, at your company or your former company where you worked, Twitter employees, over 98% of them donate to Democrats. So? So while you coordinated with DHS, the FBI, the CIA, our government, and outside groups (laughs) to permanently ban, shadow ban, conservative Americans Mm. and candidates like me and the former president of the United States, President Donald J. Trump, (laughs) you were censoring and wrongfully violating our First Amendment free speech rights. Huh? No, actually, they weren't. But but keep going, Marge, because you're on a roll here. Let's explain. Yes, oh, 52 please do. United States Law 10101. No person shall intimidate, threaten, coerce, or attempt coerce? to stop any other person for the purpose of interfering with their rights to vote or yeah. to vote as he may choose. Yeah. You didn't shadow ban or permanently ban Wait, my what? Democrat opponent. First of all, it's no. Democratic opponent. And what does this have to do with voting? You're talking about Twitter. That's not a, your vote. You're the people who steal our votes. You, you're the one who, ones who cage voters. You're the ones who, uh, who, who uh, restrict our right to vote. This is, you're talking about Twitter. What does that have to do with voting, moron? You did that to me. You didn't do anything to you. And that was wrong, and it was against the law. It was not against the law. You see, not only that, was it, a, was it me <laughs> that you violated my First Amendment rights? No. You violated countless conservative Americans. No. These were doctors that oh. were trying to tell the truth about COVID. No, that were lying about COVID, that were disseminating false information, dangerous misinformation, but do tell Ms. Green. Doctors that were having success treating people with ivermectin. No! That you all would not allow to be. Because that was a hoax. Ivermectin was hurting people, not curing people, you fucking idiot. When did you get a medical degree? Oh, right. You didn't. Talked about on your platform. These were parents complaining about their school boards teaching gender lies in their oh, schools. Oh, no! Biological gender males lies. entering their daughter's bathroom. Really? Where? sports. Sure, where? These were also people questioning the 2020 election. And guess what? That's Americans' First Amendment right. These were people talking about voting machines. <laughs> you know what? Democrats did that in 2019. Yeah. Before mm-hmm. the 2020 election. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, You know what? I've got another one of her calling basically the former head of Twitter a pedophile. But because she kept bringing up the First Amendment, Jamie Raskin, who is the ranking Democrat on the Oversight Committee. Jamie Raskin, please explain about the First Amendment. Media company. In America, private media companies can decide what to publish or how to curate content however they want. Ah. If Twitter wants to have nothing but tweets commenting on New York Post articles run all day, it can do that. If it makes such tweets mentioning New York Post uh, never see the light of day, they can do that too. That's what the First Amendment means. Hello. Twitter can ban Donald Trump for inciting violent insurrection against the union Yep. as he was... Uh, uh, impeached by the House of Representatives and his 57 of 100 senators found he did. Yeah. And it can also try to resurrect his political career 
Elon Musk just purchased Twitter and therefore controls its editorial content. And among the first things he did was to fire some people, hire some people, denounce some prior decisions, and reinstate an unrepentant and still clearly lying Donald Trump to the platform. Those decisions, however heroic or imbecilic you think they might be, are protected by the First Hello? Amendment in the United States of America. <laughs> they can do that. It's not up to... It's not... It, it is not about the, um, uh, you know, first of all, it's not about, it's not all about Marge. It's not about her Twitter account. It's not about the First Amendment. Keep going, uh, Jamie. Keep going. So you've testified that in the months leading up to the November 2020 election, and then in the weeks before January 6th, you were growing increasingly anxious about the violent rhetoric and incitement that you saw posted on Twitter. Can you describe specifically what made you so concerned during that period? Please. And did you raise your concerns with people at Twitter? Thank you for that question. As I said in my opening statement, after former President Trump in his debate said the statement, uh, stand back, stand by to the Proud Boys, my team in discussion with other teams at Twitter realized that we had a gap in our policies and that that could not be said on the platform because it would have gone too far. What we did see continue to happen was those, those statements, in addition to other coded incitement to violence or dog whistles, began to spring up on the platform. And so what was once fringe ideology or fringe statements that were calling for the overthrow of the government became a loud roar. And so we heard individuals beginning to say that they were locked and loaded, that they were ready for civil war part two, that they were ready for another revolution that they were ready for the day of the rope in very clear English on Twitter. And, and on the January 6th committee, we have tens of thousands of statements like that being made on Twitter and other parts of social media. So we got a, a little taste of what you were experiencing mm -hmm. on a daily basis. Now, there was this meeting on January 5th at Twitter. I don't think it was called specifically to look at what was, what was going to happen the next day. That just happened to be a regular meeting. But at that meeting, you and other employees raised urgently the problem of what you saw coming on January 6th. How did Twitter management respond to the concerns that you raised? That's a great question. And yes, that meeting was a regularly scheduled meeting. Within the meeting, I believe I referred to it in my testimony to the January 6th committee as I was at my wit's end. I had argued, I had asked questions, I had asked for clarification. We had found dangerous tweets within the meeting. And yet the individual who is the most senior uh, leader within the team in that meeting told us that we were not allowed to take that content down. What? That we were not allowed to use the coded incitement to violence policy. What? Okay, so we were told all along that the conservative, this is what the Republicans are telling us, the conservatives were, were silenced on Twitter. What we learned in this hearing, and furthermore today, is that there are files of Donald Trump and Republican complaints about posts on Twitter that they wanted taken down. Funny we never saw any of that in, um, whoops, we never saw, we never saw any of that in, um, in, in, oh, hold on. We never saw any of that. Sorry, I got, I got something coming back at me. Hold on, Robert. And I, you know what? Robert, I'm sorry, I can't take your call now because I got to get Howie on the line. And I got to find out where the, uh, the audio is coming from. Uh, can I bring this any up? Nope, nope. Um, 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 I've got uh, sound coming back. All right, I'm going to close you. 
and it's still coming back, is it? No, it's gone. Okay, Robert, sorry, call back tomorrow. I promise tomorrow I'll have time. But to now, I, uh, no, <laughs> sorry, Robert, call back tomorrow. I can't take your call now because I got to get Howie on the line because it's time for the Dirty Debbie. So let's uh, do that. Uh, let's uh, do this. Are you a multinational corporation hungry for a treat? Well, come on down to Schmucky Chuckies, where you'll personally be seated by Chuck Schumer himself. So many dishes, and they're all fresh. You're going to love our Blue Dog special, the Dino Burger, because we say so. A good hamburger and french fries. And every burger comes with a side order of grits. I love grits. I love anything with corn. It's corn. All for only $50,000. corn. Wash it all down with a dirty Debbie. Nine-tenths water, one-tenth orange juice. After a week or two, you drink this, it's 200 calories and it's acetic. And wipe your mouth with a tissue print of Glass-Steagall. For dessert, try our DNC tarts. Little cookies, tell the quality of that. Most restaurants give you a mint, but at Schmucky Chuckies, you get complimentary. Sweet and low. Who picks up the tab for all this? Find out now with Howie Klein of DownWithTyranny.com on The Nicole Sandler Show. Oh, hi, Howie Klein. Hey, Nicole. How are you doing? Pretty good. Thank you. Good. You know, I, I, I feel like we I, I do this every time I bring you on, but um, uh, Burt Backrack died. Yes, he did. He was. Did, did you ever meet him? No. Ah, I got to meet him once. With Elvis Costello, you know Elvis. Yes, he, he played. He played. Did he? Now he played with Elvis Costello on a, on a song. But did he write that song also? Yeah, they wrote a song together, or more. They wrote at least one together. They went, wrote one for a movie, and then they did a whole album together. And I think they did another album together. And I don't know if you remember, but Elvis Costello and Steve Naive, the keyboard player for the Attractions and the Imposters, did a a, a, sh- a a little mini tour. They did like a radio tour, and in L.A., they played at the Troubadour show. We broadcast live. I got to introduce them on stage, and then I went upstairs to the you know the room above the stage at the Troubadour. And who's there but Burt Backrack? And I got to have a nice conversation with him. And oh my God, um, it was magic. <laughs> it was Burt Backrack. So those songs I grew up with. Yeah, yeah. I was kind of thinking, although, you know, some of the stuff he did I liked a lot, like, uh, you know, Dionne Warwick, for mm-hmm. example, you know, that, that, but mostly I thought of it as like my parents' music rather than my music. Right. And it was. But you know what? I was a kid in the 60s when all those songs were big, and they remind me of my mom. You know, they yeah. they bring me back to that place in time. So, yeah, it's it's my childhood. It's the music of my youth. But those songs, like This Guy's In Love With You and uh, Do You Know The Way To San Jose, I mean, they're just classics. Alfie, yeah. you know, there's so many. When you think back in that to that era... And what's you think, new Pussycat? What's new Perry Pussycat? Who, yes. Like I said, that, that was really my parents' music more than mine. Sure, sure. But still, I hear those songs, and part of me gets transported back to my, you know, to to my my first ten years. So, anyway, it's a. It's he went a, on from there, as you said. I mean, you know, certainly for me, uh, you know. Uh, Dionne Warwick was a big deal, uh, and not my parents' music. That right. was, I'm a little older than you, so yeah. that was my music. Right, right. And the Dionne Warwick songs, oh, but there were so many of them. I, you know, she is still alive and kicking and has fun on Twitter. I, I'm expecting some kind of statement from her today because 
Burt Backrack, I think, was responsible for a good part of her success. The early success, for sure. I yeah. mean, he, he, wrote, he wrote all her songs, all yeah. her great hits. That's right. And they were great songs. He was an amazing songwriter. And just a nice guy, a stand-up, classy guy who did it. He worked till the end. He was 94. 94 and uh, died of um, natural causes in Los Angeles. Yeah. You know, not a bad way to go. No, not a bad way to go at all. So, Howie, since I last saw you... I yes. got to see Bruce Springsteen. Oh, wow. I yeah. thought you were going to say, since I last saw you, we had a, a State of the Union address. We did. We had a State yes. of the Union address. We had a massive Better. earthquakes where 20,000 people already. Um, uh, uh, the death toll is up to 20,000 already. I have a suspicion it's going to go a lot higher. I think so, too, because, look, it, it hit in the wee hours in the morning. People were sleeping and buildings collapsed. It was a 7.8, followed 20 minutes later by a 7.5 aftershock. Well, a 7.5 is bigger than any earthquake I've ever been through. Um, 7.5 is massive and devastating. So those two together, oh, it's just horrific. And you, Howie, I wanted to ask you about this because Turkey, you say, is one of your favorite places to visit. Right. And I've been to every part of Turkey except that part. Really? Wow. Yep. Mm. Uh, it's just, it's devastating. Yeah. <laughs> Kinky Street says 13 million people in the earthquake zone. And then the, it's Syria, at least in Turkey, people are upset because the relief is slow getting to them. Even Erdogan admitted that it, they haven't been as, you know, as, as quick as they should have been. Um, and uh, it's freezing cold there, too. But in Syria... They're not getting any help. I mean, it's a war-torn country as it is. Their their government is not helping these poor people. I'm, it's just devastating. I feel I yeah. feel horrible for them. Right. Well, in Turkey, the um, I, I heard somewhere that that the earthquake relief fund had exactly five dollars in it. Oh God. Wow. Uh, so it's, so that's going on. And then, as you mentioned, we had a State of the Union address. Now, I didn't see it live because I was seeing Bruce Springsteen Tuesday night. But I did watch it. I watched the whole thing yesterday. And, um, in fact, I, I read your piece at DownWithTyranny.com, Howie. And you you gave Joe Biden props. It was a good speech, huh? Um, did I give him props? You, I, I don't know. You I mean, did. It was okay. It was an okay <laughs> speech. I... I, I I have trouble hearing him speak. I, 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 it, it, it gives me the heebie-jeebies. I don't like hearing him. Um, yeah, but it was, you know, it was, yeah, it was an okay speech. He, he, he owned the Republicans. That's what, it, that's the way I put it. Yes, and so you know, I, I, I don't know if I necessarily like this kind of thing, but it's as good as I could have expected from him. <laughs> yeah, it was better than I expected. Frankly, I thought yeah. it was a really good speech, and he. He had this is one thing that Joe Biden, he's not a great speaker. We know he's had a stutter his whole life and he's overcome it, but it still impacts the way he speaks. And it makes it sometimes hard to listen to. But he had command of that room to the point where he really he pulled one over on them. He got them to do exactly what he wanted them to do. And they showed their true colors. They are, um, I, I guess, Fox today is all. 
is all offended because Jim Carville went on MSNBC and called Marge Q white trash. <laughs> well, I don't know why he didn't just say redneck. I mean, white trash is because, so because he, but, but, but Because that's him. He's a redneck and white trash, which is just a phrase that is an anachronism at this point, isn't it? I mean, who uses that term anymore other than Jim Carville? Yeah. But, well, I quoted him in a, in a post that I wrote as well. Uh-huh. Um, and and th- I saw the funniest thing today. I wonder if I can find it on uh, uh, quickly enough to put up. Somebody transposed uh, Marge and her um, one of her one of her screams uh, into the the painting, the famous uh, Munch painting, of the scream. <laughs> it's really funny. I got to see if I can find it again. Uh, while we're talking, I will look for it because you know I do multitask. Anyway. <laughs> um, uh, it was it was a spectacle. It was just a, it, it seems like just a few years ago, but it was probably 10 years ago already that Joe Wilson screamed out, you lie during the State of the Union when Barack Obama was speaking and the whole place went. <gasps> and right. And he, he got not censured, but uh, reprimanded, formally reprimanded. I mean, no one's even bringing anything like that up about her, for her. I mean, you know, the, she's, uh, you know, even, even when. Uh, uh, McCarthy threw her a lifeline by saying that Biden had goaded them into their uh, behavior. Uh, she said, nobody goaded me. <laughs> <laughs> She's such a monster. Uh, so but, stu- uh, You know, it's just a bunch of farce and stupidity, and I, I couldn't get too excited about it. Did, do you know anyone who watched uh, Huckabee's uh, speech? No. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't know anybody well, who watched anyone it. Anyone did watch it. Well, uh, some people did, but we heard about it. We heard about it enough to know that it was so bad that um, that that even Republicans are criticizing her. Apparently, yeah. she, you know, and, and this is par for the course. She wrote her response to the speech before ever hearing the speech or seeing what was going to be said. And it had right, nothing well, they to do. Have to do that, right? I mean, they have to prepare for something that that you know to do right after he speaks. So she has to you know guess what it's going to be. But she you know made some really really wild guesses that didn't turn out to be anywhere close to the truth. Right. That's that's the thing. And usually, so they'll write the framework of the speech, and then they get the advance. Of the of the comments, they they get the the script basically, and they could, but she apparently didn't even look at it because she was responding to something that didn't happen, and I again I didn't hear it, but I heard she said, and basically you have a choice between the normals and the crazies or something along those lines, like yeah you I guess we do, right? yeah right. I, I, she meant it. We heard it, but she did get it right. She did get it right. Um, so I did find the scream. Um, I just showed it on the screen. But since you're not watching, I'm gonna. Um, I'm just gonna retweet it and tag you uh, with Thanks. it, Howie, because you'll enjoy this. Down yeah. with tyranny. Okay, so I'm sending that now. So you should look at it because it's it's just really quite perfect. Um, anyway, so that happened, and. <laughs> And then there were these hearings. Let me just take a moment to salute Jamie Raskin again, because he's going through chemotherapy. He's wearing this bandana on his head because 
it's so funny that he, that he's um you know he, he he's vain about his hair <laughs> Um, his he hair. Have to worry about it. He doesn't have it right now. Right, but you know he might look better without it. That, but but uh, anyway, no. Whatever he wants to do, whatever makes him feel comfortable, I'm good with. Jamie Raskin is the ranking Democrat on the House Oversight Committee, so he was overseeing, you know, his part of the hearing yesterday, where the Republicans had former Twitter executives, and not to mm-hmm. grill them about what's going on at Twitter now. But to ask them about Hunter Biden's laptop, and as Katie Porter so eloquently said, something that a story that Twitter did not allow to be retweeted for 24 hours. This is all it's about. And they spent six hours on this hearing. She said this a quarter of the time, the whole infraction, if it was one, uh, took place. We're wasting all this time on that. I mean, it's insane. But Jamie Raskin. You know, put Marge in her place by she's screaming about her being banned, her own self being banned from Twitter, and they and how it's, that. it was all about themselves. It's all about their, themselves. Their own, their, all their personal grievances, right? And she's saying that's a it's illegal and it's a violation of the First Amendment. <laughs> and Jamie Raskin, the the constitutional lawyer, said, "No, it isn't." They have the right. It's a private company. They can ban or allow whoever they want to tweet or not at their will. You think she can understand that kind of thing? I don't think she's got the capacity. She does. That's the thing. She's just so stupid. And seeing her in a role on a committee speaking after someone like Katie Porter or Jamie Raskin speaks, (laughs) hearing her spewing her nonsense is just crazy um i played a couple of clips of her before you came on howie but here's one that i held back one of the uh the the former google executives that they had testifying was um uh, a guy named yell roth Uh, yell y-a-e-l roth and she decided that mr roth was a pedophile listen to the listen to what she's saying here a little bit further it's amazing to me, Listen Mr. To Roth, this. as the head and trust of safety at Twitter, your ability, or should I say inability, to remove child porn. Now, here's something that disgusts me about you. In about your him. doctoral dissertation entitled Gay Data, you argued that minors should have access to Grinder, an adult male gay hookup app. <gasps> minors? Really? Really? You know, Elon Musk took over Twitter and he banned 44,000 accounts that were promoting child porn. You permanently banned my Twitter account, but you allowed child child porn all over Twitter. Twitter had become... Okay, she goes on. She basically accuses him of being like a pedophile, a child pornographer, because she goes further into it later on. This is an embarrassment. Yes. How did uh, this guy respond? Um, uh, you know what? I, do, I, do, I, I, I think he was just incredulous. Couldn't believe that that uh, that um, uh, that that she went there. And to his to his defense came Eleanor Holmes Norton. How the release of the so-called Twitter files has affected your personal safety. Thank you for the question, Congresswoman. 
This is Mr. Ross again. I would note first and foremost, didn't just affect me, but affected much more junior employees at Twitter. Employees as far away as Manila in the Philippines were doxxed, had their families threatened, and experienced harm equal to or, or greater than what I've experienced. But concurrent with the Twitter files, Elon Musk also made the decision to share a defamatory allegation that I support or condone pedophilia. And this lie led directly to a wave of homophobic and anti-Semitic threats and harassment against me, of which Twitter has removed vanishingly little. And following the Daily Mail's decision to publish where I live, ultimately I had to leave my home and sell it. Those are the consequences for this type of online harassment and speech. Well, that's, I must say wow. those are very real consequences. Uh, by uh, so Eleanor Holmes Norton gave him the opportunity to respond, and that's how he, he had to move. He had to sell his house and move because of the shit they're saying about him, and she's elevating it from a congressional hearing. Yep. It's pretty astounding. So this went on yesterday. There, was, there were moments. Uh, the, the guy who is the chair now of, uh, of the oversight committee is also an embarrassment. I, I don't remember exactly what this clip was, but I have it labeled as Comer, that's his name, owning the libs. Let's, let's, let's see what he said. Mr. Roth, Ms. Gaddy, and Mr. Baker. It appears to me that you, you failed at your jobs. You were entrusted with the highest level of power at Twitter, but when you were faced with the New York Post story, instead of allowing people to judge the information for themselves, you rushed to find a reason why the American people shouldn't see it. In a matter of hours, you were deciding on the truth of a story that spans years and dozens of complex international transactions. You did this because you were terrified of Joe Biden not winning the election in, in 2020. That's what it appeared. I can assure you this committee will succeed what? in holding the Bidens accountable. So much of the <laughs> evidence of wrongdoing from this family what? is located in that hard drive that you all led the American people to believe was Russian disinformation. When in fact it was not. That's all. This is all batshit crazy conspiracy shit. And this is the head of the over the chair of the oversight committee from Kentucky, <laughs> from Kentucky. Yeah, oh, he's still talking. I just had to uh, to bring him down. It, 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 the, the dichotomy there, the the difference between when when Jamie Raskin or Katie Porter or, or Eleanor Holmes Norton or Dan Goldman or Jerry Connolly spoke. They actually did their homework. They were prepared for this. And the Republicans got up there and spewed bullshit and conspiracy theories. This yeah. is. And like I said, their own grievances. That, and to them, that's all about. Right. About them, them, them. Them, them, them. Um, and, and, and yeah, and, and Lauren Boebert's on that committee. It's just, it's, <laughs> you know. Oh, God. Yeah. You know, I have to admire Jamie to be able to uh, have the stamina to be able to do what he's doing. Uh, I, I, as you know, I went through chemo as well. I know. I couldn't have even approached, even thinking about uh, the, the kind of job he's doing. It's, right. it's amazing to me. So Absolutely. N- not only was he there yesterday as the ranking member on the House Oversight Committee. But today, Howie, there was another hearing. This one, a subcommittee 
of the judiciary where they have opened their, I want to make sure I get the name of this right, Um, the weapon, they're hearing into the weaponization of the federal government. And um, and this is, uh, again, the Judiciary Committee chaired by Jim Jordan. Oh, my God. And um, the, the ranking member for the Democrats is a former student of Jamie Raskin's, um, the, the, the Congresswoman from the Virgin Islands, Stacey Plaskett, I think is her name. Right. Um, but so Jamie's not on that committee, but guess what? He was a witness today. They had three witnesses. Do you know who the witnesses were? Oh, please tell me. It was Jamie Raskin. It was, um, um, uh, what's his name? Ron Johnson. And the woman who, who was sitting there sure looked like Tulsi Gabbard to me. Yes, Tulsi Gabbard was, was I know she, <laughs> I didn't see it, but I know that she was scheduled. That's who was there. And so, again, Jamie uh, is just brilliant. I won't play the whole thing because his, his opening statement was like 15 minutes long. And he's great. Uh, he, Representative Raskin listen, for look, his uh, testimony. Here he Chairman is Jordan, again. Here we go. Uh, ranking member Plaskett, dear colleagues. Our framers were Enlightenment thinkers who wrote us an Enlightenment constitution. They wanted government to operate on the basis of facts, science, and common sense, not ignorance and superstition. They wanted America to usher in an age of reason. With the separation of powers, the framers constitutionalized Newton's third law of motion. Checking every action with an equal and opposite reaction. All right. He goes and on Congress- for a while. I'm not going to play the whole thing because, again, it, it goes on for quite some time. But he is um, uh, uh, he, he's he's so on it. And, oh, my God, he's wearing the bandana because he's in the middle of chemotherapy. I don't know how he's doing it. Yeah, I don't either. But and, and it's, and it's not. It's very serious uh, uh, kind of cancer that he has. He's he's tried to assure people that you know it's all fine, and he's he's kind of been jovial about it. But he's got a very very serious kind of cancer. Yeah, uh, I hope he's going to be okay. I, I'm amazed. I, I mean, he's one of the uh, best members of Congress by far, without a doubt. Uh, even you know the chat room as I was playing some of his clips earlier. Um, from the from yesterday's hearing, they were like, you know, they're they're raving. I played Katie Porter and Jamie Raskin. They're like, okay, there there's your Democratic Party bench. Either one of them can and should be president. Um, so yeah, he's amazing. He's just amazing. I, I, I and I still go back to his performance, and I'm not. I'm, I'm using that in a in a complimentary way. The fact that he was able to hold his shit together. And work as the lead on the first impeachment in the days after, or the impeachment after um, January 6th, when his son had just died by suicide. It's just, he has got more strength than anybody I know. Yep, pretty amazing. Very amazing. So... Howie, I'm reading. Uh, so uh, then the, the other. So there was that hearing. Then there was an event last night. I don't know if you heard about this. I'm not going to play anything from it because it wasn't particularly funny. But it was the Washington. Um, uh, I don't know. It was like a course, not the wash, not the White House correspondence thing, but it was a. Right, right. The other one, yeah. Right. It was um, Washington Press. And they they do a thing where they have members of Congress 
I guess, roast them, do a thing. So they had Nancy Mace. You're going to play Nancy Mace, I bet, right? I'm, yeah, I'm not going to play it. Because I, oh. I, I, I was reading and they said, oh, she was so funny. She had the place in stitches. She wasn't funny. The only thing funny is she kept going after Lauren Boebert. But um, I didn't think she was funny. And Raphael Warnock did it for the Democrats. And he wasn't particularly funny either, but I found him easier to listen to. Yeah. Well, the part that, that, that people found amusing about her was when she said, uh, people think Republicans aren't funny, but you put us, but a bunch of us together and we're a real riot. <laughs> oh, that's a good line. <laughs> she did. Right? You know, that, she had a funny. few that were funny that, you know, again, her digs at uh, at Lauren Boebert. And she got in a couple at Marge, too. Um, and some of the others. Oh, she, and she went after Raphael Warnock for having to fight so hard to win against Herschel Walker. I mean, she slammed Herschel Walker. So it was interesting knowing that she's a maggot, too. I mean, she tries to play both sides of the fence. So, right, she's uh, not really a maggot, but she's, she's in trouble because uh, there, it looks like her district is going to be changed a little bit back to what it was, and she won't be able to win it. Oh, it was a district that was starting to trend uh, blue. It's Charleston is blue, the city itself. But they what they did is they took the um, African-American neighborhoods out of the district um, and put in some, you know, rural redneck places. But uh, now a court found that that was illegal. So so we'll see what actually happens. But if that happens, she's she's going to be in very big trouble. Uh huh. So maybe that's why, you know, first she said she wasn't going to vote for this, uh, you know, the, the yeah. kicking Ilhan Omar off the committee. But she did. You know, she's trying to have it both ways. She was against uh, the the extreme um, anti-choice bill. She said she wouldn't vote for that. And either, she, and did. she did. Yep. Uh, you know, there's a bunch of th- she, that's her that's her uh, modus operandi. She takes a high position, and then when it comes to the real thing, she goes right well, along with uh, the Republicans. Right, right. She's not dependable to uh, to ever help with anything. Right, and, uh, and of course, one other things from one other thing from the uh, State of the Union that I just because I'm looking at downwithtyranny.com and I see you've got a you've got a picture on one of the posts from earlier today you have the penguin the joker and the <laughs> yellow thing that Kristen Cinema is wearing <laughs> she she just oh, no. has to make herself a, a target of attention right she's got to put herself in the spotlight why else should, would she wear the, this 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 get up it was weird. I don't know. Maybe she was. She expected um, uh, Huckabee's daughter to come in wearing one of those bedspreads again, and she wanted to <laughs> show that she could outdo that. I, it, it was really weird to see all these people in dark suits and women in dark dresses, and then her looking like some kind of a deranged chicken. <laughs> you know, I and I, you know, I thought. Marge's outfit was a little over the top with her feather bow. It wasn't feather. I guess it was fur. But on first blush, when I saw it, it looked like she was wearing feathers. Do you know? Probably real fur, right? Oh, probably real fur. Come on. She she probably bragged that she killed the animal and bleached the fur white (laughs) to to wear it, you know, Um, because that's how they roll. But, uh, you know, I I was going off on her outfit and then I saw Kirsten. Oh, yeah, baby. (laughs) No, I don't understand these people at all. This is dumb. <laughs> yeah, Kirsten looked best when, in the context of everybody else in the room. 
Right. And it's like, what the fuck is she wearing? And then there were times when herself a fashion plate. So she's always for her whole career worn outlandish outfits. Sometimes they work and sometimes they were like they were Tuesday night. Yeah. Well, at Davos, did you see what she was wearing at Davos on the stage when she high fived Joe Manchin for not blowing up the filibuster? Yeah. Yeah. She was wearing another, I don't know, sheep herder. Like she went out, they were in Switzerland, so she went out on the mountain, sheared some sheep, and just wore the fur, I guess. <laughs> yeah, she is something. Yeah, she, she is That's something. Part of her brand. Yes. So you also have a post up that you put up yesterday, Howie. Uh, a little drive down to Morocco, practice for the big trip. Um, Part of my, uh, my, my my memoir, every few weeks I put up a page, a kind of random page. Yep. So I, I and someone reminded me of of I don't know I don't remember why, but someone reminded me of driving to Goa. I I, I, I drove, that was part of my trip, but that was like way way long after this Morocco thing. But when I and I, I went, I started to write about Goa, but I had to put some context in. So I didn't even get anywhere near Goa. I just, you know, got as far as basically Morocco. <laughs> but I'm, 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 I'm going to, you know, keep writing that whole story. And, and I actually have a picture of the house I rented in Goa with the van that I actually bought in front of the house. The VW van. And that's what caught my eye. Because, you know, they're bringing it back and it's an electric VW van. It's, it's, it's pretty sweet. But I bet it's, I mean, like I said in my, in my post, they were, they were selling for $3,500 and they, they had a special deal for American students if you agreed to certain things like picking it up at the factory and exporting it and not ever selling it in the, what they then call the common market. It was $2,500. So that was basically like a good drug deal for me. And I wound up being able to buy that. And I lived in it for several years and, you know, traveled uh, all across Asia. Yeah, that's beautiful. It's a yours. This wasn't your exact car, but it looks right. like it. It's the same model. You'll see my exact car. My my exact car was actually a little nice because it's darker red. Uh huh. Oh, very uh, nice. I remember this one time. Um, at, at at this time, they didn't have a real road from India to Nepal. I mean, they kind of had a road, but it wasn't a paved road. And at at, at one po- point, you have to cross a river, and there was no bridge, so you had to drive across the river. So I, there was no other way to get to get back and forth between India and Nepal. So you had to do it. So I did it, and all of a sudden, my beautiful van that was my whole life, my house, every and my everything. I mean, it all everything I owned was in it. It starts floating down the river. <gasps> oh, no. Ooh, and that was scary. I, I hadn't thought of that in many, many years till just a second. Wow. But uh, some truckers, like, uh, you know, basically threw me a line and towed me out of there. Wow. You know, the, 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 these stories are great, and I'm looking forward to the book. So we know, uh, and for the people who don't know, Howie, we knew, I knew you as a, you know, a, a record executive. I knew you from your days at Reprise Records as president. But you also are one of the most traveled people that I know. And you have an Around the World blog. I just pulled it up. It's aroundtheworldblog.blogspot.com. You haven't added to it since June, but you haven't been traveling lately either because, hello, COVID. Exactly. Yes. And, and um, you know, it, it's what I enjoy uh, doing, I love travel. I've always loved travel since I was a teenager. I, I, I ran away from home when I was uh, when I was very young and um, hitchhiked from New York to California. Stowed away on a ship with the intention of getting to Tonga. I never got very far, but uh, that was you know 
that was just the beginning. And, and I kept traveling and traveling and traveling. And then COVID stopped me. Um, yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. I, lo- I do love travel, and a lot of the book that I'm writing is going to be about that. And I'll tell you something else. When, all of my, when I graduated from college, all of my friends went on to graduate schools, like some went to law school, medical school, all, you know, all sorts of stuff like that. And everyone thought I was crazy because instead of going to graduate school, I decided to you know, spend seven years traveling the world. And in the end, that was the reason... Um, in part, at least, that was the, the part of the reason why I became the president of Reprise Records, because they were at the time looking for somebody who really did have a lot of experience overseas, because so much of the of the music business had to do with overseas, and and most people in our in our company, when you know when you say overseas, they mean England, and and they wouldn't even think of going anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Whereas for me. You know, I mean, you know, I, 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 I couldn't believe how, how lucky I was to be able to go to all these places that eventually told me that they had never had anyone from the company uh, out there. So, like, our affiliates, you know, in places, they had literally never met an American from, from the company. No one wow. from headquarters in there, including even places like Thailand, let alone places like Egypt and India. Uh, and, and, you know, they were so excited to see me, and I was so excited to be there and be seen. <laughs> Wow, that that's pretty incredible. Because um, I, I figure everyone's traveling. I'm not. I have not traveled many places. I've been to Mexico. I've been to the islands in the Caribbean. I, you know, uh, but I I've never been to Europe. And you know, COVID uh, uh, put a big uh, wrench in everyone's plans. I guess when when you if when you travel again, where's the first place you want to go? Oh, it's a good question. Um, I, I very, very much, you know, there are places that I really love and I go to over and over again. You know, Paris is one, Amsterdam is one. I'll probably wind up going to Amsterdam and then because I have so many friends there, I lived there for four years. Uh, but also I love Tuscany. I love Spain. I, I, I you know, I, what, I, what I like to do is combine like a trip to Spain with a trip to Morocco. So that's one big possibility. Mm. I love Thailand. Uh, so there, I love Bali. There are a lot of places that I like to go to over and over again. But the reason I just started telling that um, that story, uh, I, I lost I lost myself about uh, becoming the president of Reprise. Um, it was because when I was, I was trying to make a point that it, it, it's not, it, it wasn't what anybody, would, including myself, would have ever figured. Mm-hmm. You know, like you know, I wound up with a really great job because I did the thing that was the exact opposite of trying to get a great job. You want a great job, you go to law school. Right. But I didn't do that. I I went traveling, you know, to places, you know, like Turkey and Iran and Afghanistan and Pakistan and Nepal and Sri Lanka. I went to these kind of places and then wound up with a great job because of it. So you never really know what's going to happen. It's much better to, like, to follow your heart. soul or your muse. Follow, or exactly. Follow your heart. Look, you know, I've learned that, unfortunately, mostly too late, you know, in life. But I, I've sort of always done that. I, rather than plotting out what I wanted to do, I, I just sort of went where it took me. Um, you follow your heart. That's what I try to tell my kid, you know, uh, don't do what you think you should do. Do what what you feel like you're you want to do. So anyway. And I like to hold myself up as someone who did that and it worked out well for me. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there are people who could say they did that and it worked out badly for them. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, all right. They what, what, 
They do. Yeah. And it it certainly worked out for you. Um, do you, uh, do you think you're going to go traveling again, or do, does the COVID still freak you out? It, well, right now the COVID does freak me out, but I do think I'm going to go traveling again. I want to very much. Uh, my partner uh, hasn't stopped traveling and never stops, t- uh, you know, telling me, "Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it." All right. I, yeah, the, the idea of the thought of getting on a plane scares me. I'll tell you something. Seeing Springsteen the other night. I tried to have the mask on. I was the only person <laughs> with the mask on. And you know what? I couldn't sit still at a Springsteen concert and I have to sing and and, and dance and yeah and I, the mask just came off. I just I couldn't. I was sweating underneath. It was uncomfortable. I felt stupid. I didn't feel stupid. I felt smart, but I you know the joy of the music won, won me over. But I'll tell you something, this morning I took a COVID test because I'm thinking, oh God, I hope I didn't do something really stupid here. Um, and, and it's negative. But, I, you know, I don't put myself in that position uh, because of that reason. I don't want to get sick. Yeah. Well, you probably noticed at the uh, State of the Union, Bernie was the only one with a mask on. I did. I saw that. Good for him. Yeah, I hope that that didn't that doesn't turn out to have been a super spreader event, Ugh, but probably not. I mean, everyone not. is very vaxxed uh, and uh, boosted there. Yeah, and the ones who aren't, well, I hope they die. <laughs> there you go. And on that note, Howie Klein, find him at downwithtyranny.com. dot com. You know what? Next week we need to talk about Lucas Kuntz. Um, oh, good. Because we haven't yet, and I know he he announced, and I keep I always I always remember after the show. It's like shit. We got to talk Lucas again. I'm so glad Why don't he's we running. Get Lucas on. Do you want to do that? Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, we've had him on before, right? Yes, we have, and he's been on with me a couple of times, even without you. I love him. He's great. So you can you can call him and get him to come sure. on. He'll come on. Oh, yeah, I'll do that. All right, I'll reach I out to them. Give some of the. Um you know, some of the new candidates that we have, some interesting new candidates that we should start um, talking to as well. Let's do it. Because, yeah, they're declaring uh, the 2024, at least Senate races are on. Of course, the House races are on. And I yep. guess the presidential races. On. In fact, one of them was calling me while you and I were speaking. I don't know if you heard a buzz or anything like that. No. But I didn't pick up, obviously, pick up her call, but a candidate who we just endorsed, who's an amazing candidate named Dom Jones, Dominique Jones, Ooh. who's running in Orange County, California. And she's a wonderful candidate and, and very, very, very well spoken. So she's, you know, she's been a TV personality and she knows she knows how to speak. So we should definitely get her on. Let's do it. Let's let's get going, because uh, no time like the present, I guess. Uh, yeah. And and we we need to we need to keep the momentum going from the 2022 midterms. Uh, you know, th- these crazies have to be put out to pasture. And I think, I, I think, you know, common sense hopefully will win out over the crazy in this country. I hope. Yes. hope. And in, and in terms of uh, Lucas, he has some great stuff to say all the time. Always. Always. So cool. Let's do that. All right. Good. All right. I'll talk to you next week. I'll reach out to Lucas and, and we'll take it from there. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Howie Klein. Again, find him at downwithtyranny.com and check out the Blue America page too while you're there because we're into the 2024 election cycle. All right. Um, there's Howie. And uh, oh, I, I, I haven't had my, my smoothie yet. Um, it's been sitting here. I totally, how did I forget? I got to blend it up because this is going to be a good one. They're all good. Right, but this one, I have fresh strawberries in here, along with a powder. 
with a with a healthy powder. But this is my Blend Jet 2. It's the lovely Geo design. I have so what I have in here is this vanilla powder, a little bit of milk, uh, not milk. It's called. It's a plant based milk. It's called not milk. Um, fresh strawberries and a half a frozen banana. How's that? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna give it one more cycle because that frozen banana was in there and I threw a couple of ice cubes in too and I want it to be really good. Um so and these are really good. So all right, now I'm gonna I'm gonna try my masterpiece. See, I haven't even tried this recipe yet. I just sort of came up with the concoction. Mm. Oh wow. This is delicious. Um you saw I I I put it all together an hour ago, and I brought it in here. I had it to the side, forgot, was doing the show, and it's like, oh, time for my afternoon smoothie. And I blended it up, and it's just, it, it's, it is um, delicious. It's actually perfect. So if you, you can do this too, go to blendjet.com. Blendjet.com. You've probably seen the commercials because they're advertising everywhere because they just came out with the Blendjet 2. No, I never had the first one, but I hear that, that this is even, the first one was good. This is even better. Um, the size is perfect, fits right in the cup holder of your car. It's very portable, uh, makes a great smoothie. And if you use the promo code sent by Nicole 12, you get 12% off and free two-day two shipping. So don't wait. And they have lovely designs. If you're a Disney fan, they've got all kinds of Disney designs. This is the geode. It's really quite beautiful. And again, I, I'm all in for the quality. So um, blendjet.com, get your smoothie, 12% off using the promo code sent by Nicole 12 and free two-day shipping. All right. Um, we're done for today. Tomorrow's Friday. Uh, I think I know what we're going to do, but I'll tell you for sure tomorrow. And uh, I'll leave you with the news. And if you stick around at the very end, you'll hear my little salute to Burt Backrack again. Thank you for listening. <sighs> Friday Eve, Friday is tomorrow and then the weekend's here. Enjoy. It's time for Nicole Sandler's What's News from NicoleSandler.com and the Progressive Voices Network. The House Oversight Committee, now under Republican control, held a hearing Wednesday. On the hot seat, three former Twitter executives who they grilled about the platform's brief blocking in 2020 of the sharing of a story from the New York Post about the contents of a laptop that reportedly belonged to Hunter Biden, the son of President Biden. Congresswoman Katie Porter put the hearing in context. So today's hearing gaveled in at 10 a.m. for nearly six hours. We have been going back and forth about this supposed suppression of a single news story from a single outlet for a single day. This hearing has been, in its length, nearly one quarter of the amount of time that Twitter users could not share the link. We are spending almost as much time screaming about this as we are this was ever a problem. Look, criminal activity is always a concern, but if, if there is criminal wrongdoing on Hunter Biden's laptop, that is a matter for the FBI and our law enforcement agencies. 
Today's hearing is merely an exercise in misinformation and disinformation, a free-for-all hellscape. That's what now CEO Elon Musk said Twitter would become if the platform became a place where anyone could say anything with no consequences. It is unbelievable to me that I am quoting Elon Musk, but that is how ridiculous this hearing has become. The Oversight Committee, like Twitter, or any other social media company for that matter, cannot become a free-for-all hellscape where anything goes. So to recap, the former Twitter executives said that removing the story was a mistake. Republicans have long criticized the move, which was reversed 24 hours later. But the Republicans are trying to frame it as an attempt to help Biden ahead of the 2020 elections and as an example of anti-conservative censorship by Twitter and other social media platforms. But that's all nonsense. And Jamie Raskin, the committee's top Democrat, said it doesn't matter if Republicans disagree with Twitter's policy because it's a private First Amendment protected media entity. In America, private media companies can decide what to publish or how to curate content however they want. If Twitter wants to have nothing but tweets commenting on New York Post articles run all day, it can do that. If it makes such tweets mentioned in the New York Post uh, never see the light of day, they can do that too. That's what the First Amendment means. Twitter can ban Donald Trump for inciting violent insurrection against the union as he was uh, uh, impeached by the House of Representatives and his 57 of 100 senators found he did. And it can also try to resurrect his political career. Elon Musk just purchased Twitter and therefore controls its editorial content. And among the first things he did was to fire some people, hire some people, denounce some prior decisions, and reinstate an unrepentant and still clearly lying Donald Trump to the platform. Those decisions, however heroic or imbecilic you think they might be, are protected by the First Amendment in the United States of America. But the Republicans just don't get it. When the Democrats on the committee attempted to get at some real issues with the Twitter executives there to testify, the Republicans doubled down on making accusations and proving to the American public they haven't got a clue. Just listen to Clay Higgins. You, ladies and gentlemen, interfered with the United States of America 2020 presidential election, knowingly and willingly. That's the bad news. It's going to get worse because this is the investigation part. Later comes the arrest part. Your attorneys are familiar with that. Mr. Chairman, I'd like to spend five hours with these ladies and gentlemen doing depositions surely yet to come. But for right now, I yield the balance of my time to my colleague, Mr. Jordan. It's despicable. Well, another member of the committee, Congressman Kwesi Mufumi of Maryland, had finally heard enough. Yeah, I just want to call to the attention of the chair and members Mufume, yes. that You're we're getting awfully close to witness intimidation. And I would ask the uh, chair to intervene. I'm sorry, I didn't hear what you said, Mr. Mafumi. I said I would caution all members that we were getting very closely close to witness intimidation, uh, right on the verge of it. And I would ask that the chair and the ranking member uh, agree how we will proceed from this point on. It was the threats that were just made. Ms. Ocasio-Cortez. Yeah, thank you, Mr. Chairman. And follow-up to that, I was... 
I am curious about the, the committee's rule or the committee's uh, disposition, accusing witnesses of a crime, discussing arrest, making these allusions and threats. I, I want to clarify for the record, what is the committee's policy around threatening uh, a witness? We, we, have the, we have the member decorum. Do we have a witness? And around uh, the rules of decorum, can, can, yes. we, can we agree that threatening a witness comes close to broaching general decorum? It does broach general decorum of, of the committee? With all due respect, Ms. Ocasio-Cortez, we don't agree that there was any witness threatening. Well, of course not. What you're hearing and what you're seeing is not what's happening, right? And finally, sad news today as legendary songwriter Burt Bacharach has died. Why do birds suddenly appear Every time you are near Just like me They long to be close to you Raindrops are falling on my head just like the guy whose feet are too big for his bed Nothing seems to fit Those raindrops are falling on my head They keep falling Do you know the way to San Jose? I've been away so long I may go wrong and lose my way Do you know the way to San Jose? I'm going back to find some peace of mind in San Jose Cause each time I see you, I break down and cry. You walk on by. You walk on by. Stop. You walk on Bacharach was 94. And that's just a bit of what's news for now. 
I'm Nicole Sandler. If you appreciate these reports and the Nicole Sandler Show, I hope you'll consider making a contribution. My work is listener-supported, and I can't do it without your help. Find out more at NicoleSandler.com, and please click on that Donate button.